are listening to Toolbox of the Trades, brought to you by Service Titan, a podcast for top service professionals where we interview leaders for their best tips and tricks of the trades. Learn how industry trailblazers stay ahead of the competition and how you too can be at the forefront of an industry. Let's jump in. Hello, contractors, and welcome to the season two finale of Toolbox for the Trades. It's me, Jackie Aubell, Senior Content Marketing Manager at Service Titan, steward of the service industry, and host of this multi-season podcast. I can't believe we're at the end of season two already. I also can't believe that we managed to do two seasons in one crazy year. I don't know about you, but I'm exhausted. And if I'm exhausted, I know that you must be too. From managing an essential business during a pandemic to tiptoeing around a divisive political climate and social distancing from the ones you love the most, this year has been hard. And I hope that this podcast has not only brought you tools, tips, and tactics, but some fresh perspectives, gentle guidance, and a break from your not-so-normal 2020 routine. I know that for me, it's been an honor and a privilege to create this show for you. Escaping into the origin stories of our service superheroes helped me get through a very difficult year. And for that, I sincerely thank you for listening and subscribing. In this episode, we're going to highlight the number one lesson we learned from each guest this season, which is tough because we learned a lot. From systems and processes to leadership and culture, sales, marketing, and even embracing technology, our guests had a lot to say. And it was hard to pinpoint a top takeaway from each interview, but we managed to do it. We also created a brand new downloadable companion for this episode that you can access for free by going to servicetitan.com slash toolbox tips. And you can also find the link in our show notes. Season three will start Tuesday, January 12th, and I may be biased on this one, but I think it's going to be our best season yet. So make sure to subscribe to Toolbox for the Trades wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, maybe uh, add a review and maybe even tell a friend or two about the podcast. In the meantime, keep in touch by joining the Toolbox for the Trades community on Facebook. A lot of our guests hang out there and I know they'd love to meet you. All right, let's get on to the recap episode, shall we? Remember, you can download the companion for today's episode by going to servicetitan.com slash toolbox tips. Enjoy. We kicked off season two with a real mensch, Al Levy, author of The Seven Power Contractor. Al is the king of systems and processes. When it comes to building a turnkey service business, Al argues that you cannot do it without clear and concise manuals. He also thinks that to be an effective owner, you should avoid that gut instinct to put out fires and instead focus on the big picture. Here's Al. Again, and some of the other things that I think get in the way of contractors is they are so attached to winning every battle, they lose the war. And so I learned how to lose a battle to win a war. I could have ran out and done a call today, but staying in the office and being paying attention to the dispatch board helped me fix 200 calls rather than the 10 calls I could have done myself. And so these are some of the skills that you have to learn as an owner and really get attached. They're emotional more than they're really logical. Will Matson and A.J. Brown from Apex Service Partners are also proponents of establishing successful systems, but sometimes you need a little help doing it. Whether you leverage a coach like Al, a best practices group, or a thought partner like Apex, CEO A.J. Brown recommends that as a leader in your organization, you need to be ruthless about growth and taking care of your customers and employees. Here's A.J. 
the three things that we mentioned, brand, customers, employees, that's all about just like doing the right thing for your employees and customers and, and figuring out and being ruthless about growing every day, you know, interacting in having that growth mindset, trying to get better. So the best companies that we, that we see, they're on, they're investing in software like Service Titan or some of your competitors. And they're sending their technicians and managers to some of these industry groups, whether it be SGI or, you know, service or Nexar. And so that sort of investment pays off over 10 or 15 years. And so investing in employees, treating customers right, and being ruthless about getting better and growing, that's all it takes. When you focus on implementing systems and embracing growth in both your personal and professional life, it can really pay off. Or as Fred Silberstein puts it, it can lead to a significant financial event. As head of SFNP Advisors, Fred's personally closed transactions with revenues over $1 billion. That's billion with a B. He wants owners to realize the opportunity they've created for themselves by simply starting a service business. Here's Fred with more. It's really a great industry, and I think the the dynamics in it are are, uh, are are really incredible. A lot of times, these guys really don't realize the asset they built and the and the value that they've created. And I think there's a level of sophistication that I can provide and help them, you know, kind of analyzing their business and and what it's worth and what it's worth in real dollars. And I think a lot of contractors get so caught up in the day-to-day and the operations and the mundane, and I'm able to help them take a step back and analyze the big picture, where they want to go, what they want to do, and what's, what's their goal, right? Now, most people know that building a turnkey business is impossible without effective marketing. And Roger Wakefield, owner of Texas Green Plumbing, knows a thing or two about how to grab people's attention. As of this recording, Roger has 218,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel dedicated to all things plumbing. Here's what Roger had to say about the opportunity for contractors on YouTube. Every time I go out to the house, they're like, oh my God, man, I watched your video. It's so good. (laughs) That's great. It it is funny. I mean, I'll go up to houses and knock on doors because, you know, like I said, our systems and processes aren't all in place. So I may show up and they don't know who's coming because, we don't have all our systems in place, but I show up, knock on the door, and they open the door, like, "Oh my God, it's you!" And I'm like, "What? Well, I'm the plumber." And I just, I that's how I see it, right? I'm, I'm just the plumber, and they're like, "Oh God, I, I want to take a selfie." It's like, it's like, come on, dude, do you ever take a selfie with any of your other plumbers? So it is. It's, it's kind of crazy, but I know that a lot of our customers do. We actually, you know, we send out emails saying, "Look, there's things that y'all can do yourself." And I mean, think about your best customers. Think about your best customers, the tradespeople that you deal with. The ones you help the most are the ones that love you and want to stay with you forever. And if you can help them, and literally you're building that relationship then, you are helping them. If you can give them something of value for free, they're going to love you forever. And to me, that's what I'm doing. The truth is, there are a lot of marketing channels out there, and what matters is that you spend your time marketing to the right clients. Mike Claudio, sales and marketing consultant for The Trades and host of the Big Stud Sales podcast, recommends that owners spend time identifying who their ideal client is, qualifying them through content, and especially when they first call in. So first you identify what your ideal client is, then you figure out how to go out and target them through prospecting, networking, social media, that kind of stuff. Learn how to qualify a lead when it comes in because 
every person listening has driven an hour to a job that when the minute they walked in said, I shouldn't be here, this isn't going to be a good opportunity. Everybody's done it. So learn how to qualify proactively in your content as well as reactively when they call in and then acquire how to differentiate yourself before, during, and after meetings to make you the obvious choice to, to win that deal. When it comes to marketing, you shouldn't be afraid to be bold. Like Jeff Gillen, founder of The Pink Plumber in Atlanta, Georgia. Jeff raised over $1 million for breast cancer research after debuting a fleet of pink service trucks. The company's unforgettable brand and their charitable mission resonated with Atlanta homeowners, making The Pink Plumber a household name. Here's Jeff. And I went into the office and I called in my manager, Tom, and I said, Tom, I got it. I've got it. I said, all the trucks are going to be absolutely glossy, beautiful pink, and we're going to start giving to breast cancer research. My mother had double mastectomy, and so I said, you know what? This is a way to give back. It's a way to separate ourselves. And Tom said to me, Jeff, please don't do this. For, for days and days and days, try to convince me not to do it. Huh. And I said, we're going to do this because I got vision and I can see this. Can you imagine the separation trucks going down the road? You won't be able to miss them. And they'll be like billboards. And we have these big pump trucks, these massive big $250,000 big pump trucks for doing sewer cleanouts and stuff. They're massive. I said, all those pump trucks. He said, Jeff, the, the, the pump drivers won't drive a pink truck. They're just going to give up. And I said, no, I think once they realize that they can sell better when the customer realizes that they're doing good in the community. And to this day now, we've surpassed a million dollars to breast cancer research. As we all know, good marketing is nothing if not followed up with a good sales strategy. And Joe Crisara certainly knows sales. The owner of Contractor Selling gave a ton of selling tips on his episode, but his core message is simple. Give your customers options, written or digital. And if you can systemize the process with estimate templates, even better. People think they give choices. So the number one mistake is to, to give choices verbally. You know, so uh, for instance, and Service Titan, you can make multiple unique estimates for clients, which create these options. You can create uh, estimate for the premium, an estimate for the premium uh, mid-range, estimates for the economy option. You can create unique estimates like that, right? But when you create the estimates and you make those options and you save that template that you can do on Service Titan, then you created an asset for the whole team to utilize at that point. But if you just, you have, so you have all the information in front of you on your software or even on your, if you write it on paper even, right? If you put a, make, make a paper file of all the option sheets in it. But what people do, the mistake they make is they think that verbal pricing is as good as showing people in writing what it is. Hmm. The effort that, when the customer sees that there was effort, the, there's an out called the law of obligation that when people see that you put an effort into writing all that stuff down, they don't realize you had a template. They realize like, oh my God, Joe wrote all that stuff for me. And I tell you, number one, Jackie, I went ahead and worked up some options specifically for you. Uh, and the reason I did this was because when you told me about the stress you had with no air conditioning or the, the plumbing is backing up, I just felt like I had to show you the most permanent option at the top. So I created some options, some premium mid-range economy choices, just do me a favor, Jackie, and pick the one that's right for you. I'm just going to be your concierge. You tell me which one you want to pick. 
Of course, before you can build options, you need to build a relationship with your customer. Rod Yoder, director of North American sales at Connecticut Water Systems, encourages dealers to form a connection with homeowners. Here's Rod. Well, I think it goes back to, all goes back to that, the, the relationship. So uh, when we go into the home, it, it's, we, we tell our salespeople, build that rapport with the customer. You know, remember, remember their names, uh, mention their names when you, you know, talk to them, of course. When you walk around, you're doing an audit of the home. Same thing if you're doing, you know, an audit of HVAC system or something like that. You just want to be engaging. You want to take notes if they have, you know, if they have a, a dog or, or even we have some people that will take a look around the room and see if they, you know, if they have a bunch of John Deere tractors on their mantle or things like that. They know that those are talking points and if they need to have something to start a conversation, they can do that. You need to look at your surroundings. But it all goes back to that, you know, if you have that rapport with the customer, if you build up that relationship with them, um, it, it, it can do wonders for the whole, whole sales process. Presenting options and building relationships are just one part of a technician's job. The actual technical work is a whole different beast. And Justin Armendares of Better Future Facilities is changing the way he trains technicians. By adapting the latest and greatest in wearable technology, he's able to give his techs real-time training and give customers a peek behind the scenes. Everything we do is super tech-enabled. So we're partnered with Verizon um, and the uh, the unit um, the vans that we use, and we just started switching to a van model, but these vans are like, they're hotspots, right? And everything's uh, fully tech enabled. Uh, they're constantly streaming video back to the van and then it's uploading, uploading to us. And then if we get in a situation where the connectivity is poor, or we can't get service, then we'll automatically switch them to a cell phone. But I'll tell you, it's a huge thing. Like the first time that we asked some of our national clients uh, to come onto a live video feed and kind of look at the project, they were blown away. I mean, it was like instant deal sold. What are you guys doing over there? Um, and we use that a lot to, to sell quality, right? It, it, and I think that's a, a huge selling point, even for a residential contractor. Um, if you can tell your, your customer doesn't want to go in there and check the quality of the work that the technician did. So getting yeah. a second set of eyes on it from a quality standpoint and just running through a general checklist and saying, Oh yeah, that looks great guys. Or, Hey, show me this, show me that. Uh, okay. Is this tight? You know, just little things that when a technician it, it does something every single day, um, you know, they might miss and it's, it's not that they're, they're lazy or they don't want to do it. It's just that, um, you know, it's like when you move into a brand new house, right? You see every little imperfection of the home and you fix as many of them as you can and the rest stay on the list. And if they don't ever get fixed, you just forget about them. They just become oblivious. They become part of your reality. So, you know, given the technician, the ability to have someone to lean on, I think is huge. Within the trades, we talk a lot about technicians, hiring them, training them, and of course, keeping them. As a result, other equally important roles like CSRs and dispatchers don't get enough of a spotlight. Luckily, we have Angie Snow to fix that. I don't think anyone has put more time or effort into redefining what it means to be a CSR in this industry than Angie Snow, business coach and owner of Western Heating and Air. She views CSRs as integral to a company. After all, they're the first person your customer speaks to when they have a problem. Angie recommends training your CSRs to be mindful about the words they use when speaking to customers. 
positive word choice. We talk mm. about words you should say and should never say on a call. So we go into um, some kind of psychological things on this. You know, uh, our subconscious speaks for us. Everything that comes out of our mouth was a thought first. And so we really have to work on fixing our thoughts so that our language and the words that we use can come out in a more positive manner. And the words that we use can influence customers to do business with us or to not do business. So I help CSRs become very, very conscious of the language that they are using so that they can speak in a way that is very engaging and embracing to customers instead of pushing them away. You know, things like saying, bear with me. That's a common, that's a common um, CSR phrase that a lot of CSRs use. But if you think about it, bear with me, bearing means to carry something really heavy. Why would you tell a customer to carry something heavy with you? <laughs> you wouldn't yeah. do that, right? Yeah. No, so you just say, thank you so much for your patience. So we talk about different phrases to lighten the load, to make this a very light, pleasurable, enjoyable experience. Now, I didn't talk a lot about tech or CSR training with Vanessa Gonzalez, but I did get her to unveil her secret for getting techs and CSRs to get along. How else could she have grown Albuquerque plumbing, heating, and air from an early ramen day startup to a $14 million business in just 13 years? Vanessa credits ride-alongs to bridging the communication gap between her field and office team members. Here's Vanessa. So what we do is we break it down during our shoulder season because we don't have slow periods. We have shoulder seasons. It's just the, the valley between the two peaks. And that's when we do the ride-alongs. We do, and we go by the dispatchers first. So that way they can get to know their techs a little bit better. And we have them ride with an HVAC tech, a plumbing tech, and a drain tech. And now that we have electrical, we'll have them ride with an electrical technician. You go over with the technician, okay, hey, you're going to have somebody from the office in your vehicle, you know, make sure that your, your vehicle's clean first, <laughs> make sure that you're prepared for them. Um, then we let the people from the office that are going out there, you know, closed-toed shoes, you will be in uniform, you will wear gloves, you will not be asking your technician questions the entire time he's out there. You save those for the van ride between calls. Write them down if you need to, or do a voice memo. If they allow you to take pictures, that is okay. You ask the customer first. It's kind of like um, the old adage, children should be seen and not heard. Yeah. Office staff on a ride-along should be seen and not heard. <laughs> um, you know, you're there to assist. You're there to learn. You're le there to learn to see how they build the rapport. See what it's like when we tell them the technician's going to call them on their way out. Well, you get to see what it's like. You get to see the frustration when you've listed six different numbers, but he doesn't know which number to call. Hmm. So they get to see, you know, oh, well, because you put Southwest instead of Northwest, you sent him to the completely wrong address. Okay, well, what did that do to his entire day and his schedule? What did that do to the dispatcher's day? So it was really neat to see when we started implementing the ride-alongs, how not just the technicians worked improved, but the office, after seeing what those struggles were like, improved and became even stronger. Building training programs and setting goals for your team members is crucial to success, but having open communication about real life issues and how they impact work is what Stacy and her husband, Mike Four try to do at HVAC Solutions, LLC. As a mental health advocate herself, Stacy prioritizes it for her team members, and it's had a tremendous impact on her culture. Here's what she had to say. I think 
that what I've learned is that, you know, when we talk about mental health, often their perception is something's wrong. Mental health is not about always reaction. It can always, mostly, should be proactive. In fact, so much so we actually pay fully. I know a lot of companies have employer reimbursement programs for mental health, you know, co-pays, things like that. We actually have an, a therapist that we pay for that our staff loves. She participates in staff activities and meetings, and she's there for whatever they want. And of course, all confidentiality stays the same. That's not for us to know anything. It's because we know that when our employees, and they will, it's just, it's not about when or if, it's about when, right? They're going to have something that happens in their life. If we can give them the resource to develop a relationship before it happens, great, because when the crisis happens, they're going to be able to deal with it and they're going to be able to come to work, still make the money that they need to provide for their families and want to be here instead of worrying out there about what's going on and not, you know, not being fully focused with their team. So yeah, absolutely. We benefit from it. There's no denying that, but ultimately we get really sound employees and that means everything to us. We invest in them because we, we care about them. We truly care about them. So it's a, it's a, it's something from our hearts to their hearts that we want to make sure that they have. Rhonda Dowdy, CEO of S&D Plumbing, also works very hard to develop her team. Ever since a family transition didn't go as planned, Rhonda and her team have focused on building internal leadership skills, rewarding the best performers with promotions, and getting everyone to work together as a team. Here's Rhonda. We've proven, uh, we continue to prove our leadership, we continue to improve our leadership, uh, we continue to work together and we achieve our goals. And uh, honestly, we'd had the same revenue goal um, the past three years. We had not broken that ceiling. We could not break that ceiling. And so for uh, 2020, this all went down the end of 2019. So for 2020, I said, listen, let's just go for that same goal again. We don't really know what's going to happen. We took one of our biggest producers out of the field. Uh, to, to come in and be the GM. I mean, that was scary, really scary. And, um, uh, so, uh, we just decided we'd go for it. And now we've upped our goal because Love we're it. knocking that goal out of the park. And we're like, Hey, uh, we're knocking it out of the park. We need to go ahead and up that goal. Uh, so we can have something that we're working toward. And honestly, it's just teamwork. It's just teamwork. Uh, um, uh, he's even asked me, well, what's making the difference? And I said, well, it's because we're working together as a team mm. and it does, it really does make a difference. And it's important uh -huh. to have that in your leadership. Ishmael Valdez, owner of NextGen in Southern California, also promotes from within. To help him hit his goal of creating a $100 million service company, Ishmael's built a rock star management team to support him so he can work on the business, not in the business. Luckily for us, it also gave him a two-hour window where he could do the podcast. Here's Ishmael speaking about some of the benefits of having a management team that he can trust. What happened to me in 2019 was because I was trying to do too much. By myself. I had a couple managers helping me out here and there, but I was trying to do it all, trying to do it all. And now like I have such a badass management team, such a structured company that I'm able to do podcasts with you. And what this is, and this is probably Jackie, this is probably one of the reasons why I was never able to do it is because I was always so busy on, on doing this, doing that, running warranties, talking to clients on the phone, trying to cover up a, a leak over here or piss off client. Over here. I was so involved in the company. 
So when DataCube came about, we started doing all our KPIs. We, I started structuring my management team. Now they're going to be held accountable for it. And now we can have a two-hour conversation without having my phone ring 100 times. And finally, the one lesson that resonated throughout every interview this season was learn and implement. Jamie D. Domenico, founder of Cool Today, Plumbing Today, and Energy Today in Sarasota, Florida, has been blessed with a long and successful career in the trades. In his time coaching others and building his own businesses, Jamie knows that the only way to break through the noise of advice and best practices is to just see if something works for you, but make sure you give it a real shot. Here's Jamie. So... Part of being in business is you're going to make mistakes whether you like it or not. There's no perfect business. There's no perfect way. So uh, some of the uh, mistakes I see made is contractors that go and get a lot of information and implement about 5% of it. And if you don't implement something, you never know whether it works or not. And I've always tell this to my people. I tell this to anybody I'm mentoring. I'd rather implement a bad idea well than a good idea terribly because you learn something from the bad idea and you know you've implemented well it's just a bad idea it doesn't mean it was a bad idea in general it could have been bad for your company it could have been bad for your people you just weren't fit for that right if you come back and say you know what i'm going to put everybody on peace rate and incentive pay and you and you do it terribly you're going to just say it was just a bad idea it was working for that guy but it wasn't working for me was it a bad idea or you suck at putting it in place. Mm. And if you suck at putting it in place, you just robbed your company of an opportunity for your people to earn more money, for you to raise your revenue levels, to do a lot of things other people are doing the right way when they're doing it the right way. So the biggest mistakes I see is them saying, yeah, that's a great idea. And they go back and they're, they're, they get right back in that hamster wheel. And they're running 100 miles an hour and then bitching about what, where they're at because they're in that hamster wheel when other people are getting out of their hamster wheels and they're learning. And, and I've mentored some companies, Keegan and Chad Hodges from Best Home Services down in, down in uh, Naples. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were in my office in 2012 when they first started taking a company over. They were just this little $3 million electrical company. And they were, they came in and we sort of everything we did. And of course they were next star. We were next star. And you know what? They're just as smart as anybody else I've met, but they are probably the, in the top 5% of implementers. Mm. They'll go back and implement the hell out of stuff. And then once they, and we were, we were still friendly today, friendly competitors, but once they felt, Hey, you know what? We, we learned, let's go explore. So they went to other companies. And they found other things and they implemented advertising, marketing, operations, and they were great implementers. And they grew that company to over 40 million from 2012 to 2019. And and they sold to another private equity. So they were just good at implementing and they were good at learning. And that's probably the biggest challenge most contractors have is lack of implementation, lack of learning from what they observing and agree is a good idea or just prioritizing the wrong thing. 
And that wraps it for season two of Toolbox for the Trades. Remember, you can download a free ebook companion for today's episode by visiting servicetitan.com slash toolbox tips. It's filled with more information that I could cover in this episode, as well as recommended reading and research from each of our guests. I sincerely hope you all have a happy, safe, and profitable winter season. See you on January 12th, 2021. Ever wonder how much your business is worth? So many owners ask that question and have no idea where to turn for an answer. In just a few clicks, Service Titan's new Service Business Valuation Calculator can give you an easy and free estimate of the current value of your business. Whether you're thinking about selling your company or looking to track growth, check it out now. Visit servicetitan.com value. Again, that's servicetitan.com value. See how much your business is worth today. Want to network with fellow service entrepreneurs and former guests of this podcast? Join our private Facebook group, Toolbox for the Trades, to get immediate access to the best tips, tricks, and tactics from fellow service entrepreneurs. Visit facebook.com slash groups slash toolbox for the trades, or click the link in our show notes to join. See you online.